sermon series that is just in line with what we're talking about. It's called The Send. Everybody say The Send. Everybody say The Send. So last month we talked about connection, right? Being connected. We skipped the mentor. You know, I mentioned it a little bit. But now we're on The Send, okay? So what does that mean? All right, well, to send something out, that means you're, you're throwing it out there, right? You're, you're putting it out there. You're, you're sending out maybe an email, right? I've been doing a lot of emails lately, right? Or you're sending a message. Some of you wish you didn't send a message. You wish you could turn it back. A good thing on Messenger, you can delete it, right? But today we're talking about the send, and we're talking about how Jesus is calling us. In order to be sent, you first need to be called, all right? And that's the most important thing you can, you can actually come up with. Anyway, welcome to Elevate. Elevate, elevando, elevando, que, 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 amen, Urban Hyman, no, it's Herben, Vas, Vas, Herben, say Herben, come on, Nate, can you do it, there you go, there you go, All right, Olidar, come on, man, See, if you guys don't learn anything, you learned how to say elevate in three different languages. Just kidding. Just kidding. Half kid. Welcome to Elevate. We meet every Friday at 7 p.m. If you're watching on Facebook, we wish you guys would be here. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this sermon series. I actually have a little chant that I want to do right now. I've had it for a year and a half, and I've just been waiting for this moment, okay? Waiting for this moment. So please, Abdi, I've been waiting a year and a half. If you could just open your mouth and say it. Just say it. You don't even have to scream it. But just say it, okay? All right. Thank you. All right. So it's like this, all right? Who can he send? And then you say, send. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Who can he send? I say, who can Who can we send? Oh, who, who, who can he send? Then you say, here I am. All right? So I say, who can he send? You say, here I am. And then I say, who can he send? And you say, send me. Does that make sense? So I say, who can he send? Who can he send? All right, and the he is obviously Jesus because Jesus sends us out, right? Just to make sure, you know, like just in case you're thinking, who's the he? I don't know if I want to say that, right? Don't worry. We're not sending you on to the military randomly. Okay. I mean, maybe some of you would like that. It's, it's each your own, but we're not going to coerce you into that. But anyway, here's the, here's the chant, right? Who can he send? Who can he send? All right, cool. I feel satisfied now. Good. Good now. I feel good. Got that accomplished. Got that out of my system. Amen. But anyway, so what is this sermon uh, series about? Obviously, it goes in line with what we're talking about. Uh, I got this title from a thing that uh, this, this like program, this ministry called Azusa Street Revival. They do this thing yearly called The Send. Uh, I don't rock with everything they do. Uh, TJ knows that. And if Lawrence is watching, he does too. But I like this. This is an idea, right, that Jesus is sending each and every one of us somewhere to preach the gospel, right? In our church, we have a strategy, connect, mentor, send. We don't just make stuff up. We're not like Jehovah Witnesses who just made up the watchtower, right? We're not like Mormons who got the Book of Mormon. We're not like your, you know, weird New Age friend that, you know, he gets, they get into tarot cards and they start getting into like, you know, new, like drugs and everything. They start making stuff up like they talk to aliens. We're not making stuff up, okay? This strategy right here, we look at the scripture, we see how we have to connect to Jesus, right? Connect to the church. And then the church is a place where you get mentored and then you're sent out. Everybody say sent out to make disciples. That's, it's literally the great commission. Every time you see everything, you see it every time you walk through this church on that wall over there. So, but before you are sent, you are called. All right, before you are sent, you are called. Before any of you even stepped into uh, this church or even before that, even like stepped into like Jesus, right, believed in Jesus, you had to be called by Jesus, okay? No one could ever follow Jesus without this call. Before you said, I'm going to accept you, Jesus, I love you with all my heart, you had to be called to Jesus, okay? You had to be called to Jesus, not like, you know, I was going to say something about Drake, but that was a song, like, call me on my cell phone, right? You remember that song? Anybody? Y'all like Blink, right? Not like that, okay? But Jesus is calling us kind of like a master calls a servant, 
Kind of like, all right, someone calls out to a person who's lost so that they can find their way. Jesus is calling everyone, and we'll see why I believe everyone, but he's calling everyone to follow him. So Jesus is calling many people, right, if not all people, but few are chosen, just like uh, Bree had said. Many are invited, but few are chosen, and some even reject the call. And we'll see that when we look at the scripture. If we can go to Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. This is the gospel of Mark. We're going to be looking at uh, all, really, throughout the whole gospel because Jesus, what did he do? He made disciples. Little uh, quiz question, not for money, not for money, because of Josie, right? Still, still over some, right? I'm going to, next week, next week, baby, hear that? Next week, next week, and then I'll go back to, to doing that. All right, but how many times do you think the word Christian is used in the Bible? If you're in a bastard's life group, right, you should know this because about like three months ago I mentioned it. So I know that every time I mention something, you memorize it, and it, it's something that you think valuable. How many times is the word Christian mentioned in the Bible? How about this? Is it more than 10 or less than 10? If it's more than 10, raise your hand. If it's less than 10, raise your hand. All right, all right, you guys are in the next round, those who said less than 10. All right, if it's more than five, raise your hand. All right, is it less, if it's less than five, raise your hand. Okay, all right, you guys are in the conference finals. All right, next round. If it's more than two, raise your hand. If it's two or less, raise your hand. If it's more, more than two, raise your hand. More than two, raise your hand. Okay, if it's less than, if it's two or less, raise your hand. It's two or less. It's two or less. The word Christian is only mentioned two times in the scripture, two times, all right? And it's even less for Catholic. It's never mentioned in the Bible, all right? So if you have a Catholic like friend, be like, hey, well, that's never mentioned in the Bible, bro, and they'll get into a whole other thing. But you know what is mentioned? Disciples. Disciple is mentioned. If you think disciples mentioned more than 10 times, raise your hand. Everyone should raise their hand, right? If you think it's mentioned more than 50 times, raise your hand. If you think it's mentioned more than 100 times, raise your hand. If you think it's mentioned more than 130 times, raise your hand. Well, if I'm wrong, you can fact check me, but it's mentioned about 140 times. Disciple was mentioned about 140 times. Fact check me, though, bro. Because I don't want to be lying to these kids, you know what I'm saying? All right. So, Jesus was in the business of making disciples. Right, Hannah? Right? Making disciples. Not making Christians. Not making Catholics. Get this. Not even making good people. All right? And we'll see that in here. But in verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew Casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Everybody say fishermen. We say like fishermen. Right? You ever seen that stereotype fisherman with the patch on his eye and he got like a peg leg? You've seen that, right, Kirsten? You know what I'm talking about. Anybody else? Right? If you ever seen like Scooby Doo, right? They do the fisherman thing. Or if you ever seen series of unfortunate events, right? That's the, if you've ever seen the show, at least, you'll see there's like an imitation of a fisherman, a sailor, right? And sailors, they're usually like people who just cuss. They're like really nasty and grimy individuals, right? And that's, that's kind of what fishermen were. They're just like out in the sea all day, have cuts on their hands, blisters, right? They kind of smell like fish, not pleasant people to be around. They're probably tired, too. So they, that, was, that was Simon and his brother, Andrew, and he says to them, come follow me. So Jesus, first and foremost, if this is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, I just got to tell you that he's the Lord of all. You, don't you think he'd go to like some rich people? Don't you think he'd go to like some, some fancy people? Like he's like, man, y'all got some nice shoes. 
Come follow me, bro. Let's kick it, man. Let's, let's preach the gospel. Oh, man, you, you know what, bro? You're, you got a nice donkey. I need a donkey in my ministry. Let's go. Right? No, he goes to the fishermen. The fishermen that are almost probably illiterate. Maybe, maybe not illiterate, I would say. But they weren't the smartest people. They weren't the richest people. They weren't even the nicest people, Okay? So if you got told when you're younger, well, Jesus will love you. You've got a nice heart. There's a lot of nice people that are not following Jesus right now. I want to let you know that. Them right there, what they did have was obedience. You see, they were obedience. When Jesus called, at once they left their nets and followed him. You see, many are called this was a call. Jesus called them out of their life and their purpose. What did he say? He said, come and follow me. Come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. That's a play on words. Jesus is saying, hey, you're a fisherman. Guess what? You're going to start fishing for people now. You were once fishing to make a living, right? But now you are fishing for people because I'm telling you to. It's like this, imagine if you, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're, in a, let's see, you're an accountant or you're a carpenter or you're, you're doing a job and let's say, you know, you're counting all this money and everything and you're at the cash register and then Jesus is like, let's, like, I know you know how to, you know, you like to count uh, money, right? But now you're going to start counting people because people count, right? Like imagine if he says something like that. He took what they thought was their purpose. Understand this, like, they didn't have uh, what you guys have, you know, where it's like everyone's telling you you can be whatever you want. No, they were fishermen. You understand that? They were fishermen. That was their life. Their father was a fisherman. Their father's father was a fisherman. They were fishermen. They didn't have, you know, an advisor to tell them, hey, listen, well, if you know you apply at Ivy League or maybe a, you can go to a community college, get your, you know, gen eds out the way, then maybe you'll be good. Oh, you don't want to go to public school. There's a charter. There's a homeschool thing. You know, it's okay. No, they had no options. Fishermen, that's how they're going to make a living, provide for their family. And Jesus said, come follow me and I'll have you fish for people. You see, when it comes to Jesus' call, it is a change of purpose. He is calling us to change the reason why we live. Your reason for living, if you hear the call of Jesus, it is going to change. You may have thought your whole life was to get a job, get it, uh, to go to school, get good grades, get a good job, have a wife, have a kids, or have fun, go travel. Guess what? Jesus makes the call. Your life is changed, just like that. Different. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. You better drop the net and follow him. You drop your net and follow him. You see, Simon and Andrew, they didn't think all of a sudden, dang, bro, like, uh, this is what my dad wants me to do. Oh, well, man, this is what everyone else is doing. Or, uh, man, I'm not so sure if you're really worth it. No, they dropped their nets and they followed him. You see, when you hear the call of Jesus, it is a call to change your life. It is a call to change the direction of your life, your purpose for even being alive. Your existence and the meaning of your existence has now changed. And you may think, man, you're going a little too deep. They're just fishermen. Again, that was their whole point of existence. You fish, you eat, you have kids, you die. That was their point. Jesus came in, called them out of that to follow him. Did they know what anything I just said was going to happen? No. Well, who did, what, what did they know? They knew he was Lord. They knew this man was said to be the Messiah. And if we look at other gospel accounts, they had seen the miracle of fish. They have heard the stories. They saw John baptize him and said, this is the Lamb of God. They knew Jesus a little less than you knew about him. What you know about him, they knew a little bit less. They didn't know he was going to die and resurrect for their sins. But they said, he's calling me. I'm going to follow. Because it wasn't the call. It wasn't the life. It was the one who was doing the call that made them follow. You see, it's not about what we do in this youth group. It's not about all the raffles we'll give away. It's not about uh, uh, like how cool we are, how we dress or anything. Listen, Jesus is calling you to follow him. 
I don't care if there's not a cool person in this world that follows Jesus. I don't care if there's not a rich person in this world that follows Jesus. The reason why you follow Christ is because he's Christ. It's not Barney saying, hug, you, hug me, please. I hug you, you hug me, I love you, you love me. No, this ain't that. This ain't Mr. Rogers saying, I'm your friendly neighborhood uh, spokesperson. This is Jesus, the one who created all things, and he's telling you, follow him. Follow him. You drop your nets and you follow him. And these weren't the only disciples that followed him. If we go to John chapter 1, 43 to 51, you see Jesus called people out of another life, another existence, another, uh, another reason for living. But he also knew those he called. And he wanted them to come and see what he was going to do and who he is. John chapter 1, verse 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. So he leaves where he's at, and he finds Philip, and he says to Philip, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, the prophet that would come about from our people, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. He said, come and see. Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said, here truly is an Israelite to whom there is no deceit. And he says, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus, probably with a chuckle, Said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than that, Jesus replied. Very true, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's the cross. You see, Jesus knew Nathaniel. He knew Nathaniel before he even called him. You got to understand that Jesus knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows every weakness. He knows your past. He knows your sin. He knows the addiction. He knows the depression. He knows the lies. He knows the times you've cheated. He knows everything about you. And he's still calling. And he's still calling. He knows the deepest, most vulnerable parts of your heart. And he still calls. You see, Jesus knows who he calls. He knows you intimately. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows your dreams. But he's calling you out of them. Nathaniel was a Jew, a person who obeyed the law. He did it religiously. He did it because he was raised in it. But Jesus is saying, I'm the fulfillment of that. You see, what Moses wrote about, what the prophets wrote about, I am that. So this is what you have to understand when it comes to Jesus, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to the bigger point because a lot of you guys were raised Christian, but you guys are going to be speaking to people that aren't Christian. We, get, we live in a nation that has freedom of religion, freedom to believe whatever you want to believe. But there's another law that people try to put under it. You can believe whatever you want to believe. This don't force me to believe what you want me to believe. That's what people will say. You think Jesus was concerned about that? You think Jesus, when he was trying to call people to follow him, knowing their past, knowing their religion, knowing how dedicated they were to the law, you think he was saying, man, I'm not going to call them. Their family's going to get mad. That would change their life. That would really mess it up for them. No. Jesus is calling them anyway. He knows those he's called. And Jesus, what is he doing when he says call? he's calling them? He's saying, come and see. Come and see what it's like to follow me. Come and see who I am. Come and see what the hype is about. Come and see. Leave where you're at and come follow me and you will see who I am. You see, we see so far that Jesus is not saying stay where you're at. I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. I'll come back and let you know how it is. Jesus was to say, hey, listen, I know you're pretty comfortable where you're at. You're feeling secure. You're feeling pretty good. You keep living your life. Uh, I'll be back, and I'll tell you how it goes. 
See, no, Jesus was calling people to move. See, when Jesus is calling, we are to answer and we are to follow. Come and see. They left. They followed. That's not the only example. Go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. You see, they left everything and followed Jesus. They dropped their nets. They dropped their businesses. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, if we can scroll, yep, right there. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. It's the guy who's writing this account of the gospel. Sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. Matthew got up and followed him. You now understand that the tax collector was the snitch. The tax collector was just... If, if they had to choose between letting a tax collector get burned or getting, letting a murderer get burned, uh, they would choose the tax collector. You see, the tax collector was hated, despised, ridiculed, but the tax collector had money. The tax collector had, had some pretty nice friendships with the Romans, the Gentiles. He had a good spot. He was secure. He was good in his life of sin. He was good being a fiend against his own people. He was good with that. He was good being a traitor. Really, he was. But Jesus still said, come follow me. You see, when it comes to the call of Jesus, he's calling you out of your comfort. He's calling you out of what you think is right. He's calling you out of your former life to leave completely. That means what you thought, what you thought you had and you possessed, it's no longer yours. You yourself, you're not even yours. The call that Jesus makes is so radical. It's so extreme. If Jesus wasn't Lord, he'd be insane. If Jesus wasn't Lord, he'd be a madman. If Jesus wasn't Lord, he'd be evil. Jesus is either Lord, he's an evil psycho that has a narcissistic attention, uh, need for attention. Jesus is either some kind of guy who's bent on people focusing on him, or he's the God of gods and the King of kings. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You see, when Jesus was talking to them to follow them, they weren't listening to him as some option, some teacher, like, maybe I could live my life like this. Maybe I could, you know... Do this thing, you know, called discipleship. Maybe I, maybe I could live holy. Maybe I could do that. No, they heard the voice of the Lord when Jesus called. They heard God speak to them, and they knew it wasn't just a teacher. They knew it wasn't just a man. They knew it was Christ himself, the one who was called to save them. See, the call is not optional. This is not optional. The disciples were expected to leave everything they had and follow him. You're expected to leave everything you have and follow him, or I want to let you know you're not actually following him. The call is radical. Not many can do it. Few are chosen. Few are chosen. These were a few of the people that were chosen. They heard the call of Christ. They heard him Call them out of their sin. And what we learn now is they call them out of darkness, call them out of their life, and into his glorious life. When they answered the call for Jesus, they looked at their way of living before, and they walked away from it. You may be in this place, and if you were called, listen, it better have been you were called out of something because you're not called to stay in something. You were called out of something. You were called out to be with Christ. There, there is no option. You may be coming here because your parent may have forced you or because your family's Christian, but I'm telling you, Christ is calling you. He's not calling you and your dad. No, he's calling you. He's not calling you, your mama, and your grandma at the same time. No, he's calling you. You have to accept the call. You got to leave your net. You have to drop the net. You have to leave the tax booth. You have to make the decision, I'm going to follow Christ. No one else can make that decision for you. I can't make it for you. Your dad can't make it for you. Your mom can't make it for you. Your friends can't make it for you. You have to make it. Jesus won't make it for you. 
Many of us, we, we cry and we pray and we're like, God, I want to be free from sin. I really want to stop sinning. I really want to change. I really, really, really. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't want to change. I said those same prayers. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to accept the call. I didn't want to try. Listen, I want to let you know you are not trying your hardest to follow Jesus if you're not living for Jesus. Because the truth is, if you tried your hardest, you realize even then you couldn't do it and you just give your life to Jesus. If you try to keep this broken piece of garbage called your dead life and sin, and you try to keep it, and you try to work it to be something beautiful, and you try your hardest and you realize you can't take the trash and make it into art, you're like, dang. Maybe I should just give up the art and actually give up the trash and actually get some art. You would you would do that. Listen, if you really heard Jesus call, you would abandon everything and follow him. You would follow him. And this is the sad truth. Is that there are a lot that won't follow him. Because some are not chosen. Some are not chosen. If we can go to Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. You see, they, they followed Jesus. They didn't even know what was going to happen. Some of you guys, man, if we don't tell you everything that's going to happen, you freak out. Like, man, one-on-one, what's that mean, bro? Like, one-on-one? Discipleship? You mean you want to teach me to live for Jesus? Oof. Man, I don't know if I got time for that. I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't really know if, if I can really commit to following Jesus like that. That's something serious. Hey, but when it comes to playing on your sports team, oh, I'm in. What time is practice? Oh, you, you'll let me know each and every week. When are the games? Oh, we won't know? Oh, you mean you want me to do an after-school club? You mean I've been in school from, from 6 to, to 4, and you want me to stay more in school? But it's a club. All right, sure, I'll do it. Oh, man, that's too much time in prayer, too much time reading the word, too much time devoted to Jesus. Oh, snap, this video game's right here. Man, I'm supposed to be that crazy for Jesus? I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus? Man, I just got in a relationship. This person's the most awesome person in the world. I love them with all my heart. You guys should look at my boyfriend, my girlfriend. They're the best. You see, we've answered the calls to many things. We've answered a lot of calls before. But have we answered the call to follow Jesus? Because I'm telling you, if you haven't, you're not chosen. You see, in Luke chapter 9, 57 to 62, there's three examples of people that are not chosen. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go, God, I'm going to follow you. You know, hey, what do you, you think Jesus was like, yeah, man, for sure, for sure, let's go, let's go. What did he, what did he say, though? He said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What does that mean? He's saying, listen, bro, you, the foxes have homes, the birds have nests, but listen, I ain't got no home. I'm going everywhere. My, this, this life that I'm calling people to follow me with, it, it's not a fun time. It's not a fun time. You get that? And I'm not saying Christianity can't be fun, but that's not why we follow Christ. The reason why Elevate isn't built on hype and fun is because Jesus wasn't built on hype and fun. You see, Jesus on the cross wasn't like, all right, guys, <laughs> man, this is fun, bro. Like, aren't you? I mean, I'm so glad y'all here to watch me die on the cross. Listen, man, we're going to have uh, this rapper perform here. We're going to have a bunch of games here. No. I mean, sure, the disciples, they fellowshiped, and they had, uh, you know, times where they had fun and everything. But listen, it was suffering. It was suffering. It was a call to suffer. It was a call to suffer. Are you ready to suffer, William? Are you ready to suffer for Christ? You're shaking your head. No, I bet you're not. But then that means you ain't ready to follow Jesus. If you're not ready to suffer for Jesus, if you're not ready to lose out on things, then you're not ready to follow Jesus. Jesus. 
And that's what he's telling this man here. So hyped. Some of y'all be so hyped sometimes. I've seen you guys in certain seasons of your life. You're doing real good in one-on-one, doing real good, reading your Bible, praying. You're hyped. You're like, man, I'll do whatever for Jesus. I've seen it so many times in the last seven years. You see people, man, they're all up on this stage, all loud and everything. They're worshiping on their knees. And then all of a sudden, one thing happens. Boom. Where are they at, though? Where they go? It's because... They knew the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. They didn't know, they didn't understand that. They didn't understand that troubles will come, that suffering is still going to come when following Jesus. And they dipped. It's not about the hype. If you're trying to follow Jesus through hype, you're not chosen. You're not chosen. If you're doing this out of hype, if you're following Christ because it's a spur of the moment, it's like, I just feel like doing it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man, I no longer feel like doing this, man. I'm going to leave and go home. You're never going to follow Jesus. But I'm telling you right now, I probably won't even see you in like the next two months if you're like that. I'm just being so real with you. If you're following for Jesus for hype, you might as well leave. That's what Christ is saying. He didn't even say, welcome. Come on. Come on, boy. We got 12. We got room for more. Nah, he said, listen, no, bro. Think about it. And then he said to another man, follow me. What did this man say? Lord, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. What did Jesus say to him? Yeah, cool, bro. Listen, I get that. Hey, respect, bro. I'd bury my dad too if he wasn't God. So yeah, go ahead. No, he said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Whoa. Whoa. Hold up. Jesus is a little crazy here. Jesus is a little crazy here. He's telling what to what? Hold up. There's a few ways to think about this. First of all, it was a year. It was around this time. It was probably a year process to bury someone. You had to wait. You had to bury. There were rituals and everything. And it was like a part of the law for them. Again, they added on to the law a lot of times. So they had to do that. But also, he still had to bury his dad. There's no way around it. And, G, and if he did not bury his dad, his family would look at him bad. His, his friends would look at him bad. His community would look at him bad. He would lose his reputation if he didn't go bury his dad. But G, Jesus' call is greater than your reputation. Jesus' call is better than your commitments. You see, you can't say, well, Jesus, I'll follow you when I graduate high school. Hey, Jesus, I'll follow you when I, you know, go to college, when I grow up. When I get older, I'll follow you, Jesus. Let me just, let me, let me do this real quick, Jesus. I'll be right back, Jesus. Let me follow you when I come back. No. Jesus is telling you the same thing he told him. Let the dead bury the dead, but you go proclaim the kingdom of God. Your sports teams, your commitments, all those things that you put in front of Jesus mean nothing to Jesus. You could say all you want, I do it for God. But if you don't proclaim the kingdom of God, you've done nothing. I don't care if Steph Curry points his finger to the sky 20 times in a game. If he does nothing for Jesus, he's done nothing. I don't care if Kanye West makes five Christian albums if he's not proclaiming the kingdom of God, he's done nothing. I don't care if the uh, little baby gets saved too because uh, of that album, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's making Christian albums, uh, Christian music, or whatever. But he's not proclaiming the kingdom of God. He's done nothing. Listen, it doesn't matter what you do. You could be the best person in your sport, in your school. You could do everything you can, but if you have not proclaimed the kingdom of God, you've done nothing. The things, the commitments, the, the matters that you have to attend to that's prohibiting you from following Jesus, your age, your school, everything, all of that, your relationships, it doesn't matter. All of that is dead to God. It's dead to him. Let the dead bury the dead. Let that stuff be put to rest. You go proclaim the kingdom of God. See, the call of Christ is a, it's, it's a, a matter of importance, a top priority to Jesus. When he calls you, he's calling you to priority. He's not calling you to be a lazy servant, a bum of a Christian. He's not calling you to be some kind of spectator. He's not calling you to deal with everything, then finally follow him. He's not calling you to figure everything out, then say, okay, I'll follow Jesus now. 
No, he's calling you to proclaim the kingdom of God. There's another disciple. And he says, I'll follow you, Lord. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm not like this fool right here. I'm not like him. I'll follow you. But, 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 first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Okay, he's just going to say goodbye. Right? Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You understand that? You understand that Jesus isn't just a lovey-dovey, Barney type of, hey, listen, man, hey, it's okay, bro, you know, you, 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 you keep sinning, hey, but hey, you're trying, buddy. Oh, man, you backslid, but it's okay. Oh, man, you, you, you left, but it's okay. Oh, you, you, you want to follow me later when you get your life right? Oh, it's okay. Oh, you're just going to handle this, and then, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll just wait. Jesus is not this creepy dude from, like, you ever seen the office memes when the dude's peeping through the blinds, right? He's not following your life, looking through the blinds, like, man, just please, come on, come on, come on, bro. Follow me, follow me. Dude, Jesus ain't waiting for you on the sidelines. If you turn your back after putting your hands to the plow. That means if you start to follow Jesus and you start to serve him, but you look back and take your hands off the plow, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. You're not fit. You're not prepared. You're not ready. You're not chosen. This is the radical call that Jesus is saying right now. This is the radical call. Some were chosen. We go to Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 27. Some even approached him, like the man earlier, the second man, saying, I'll follow you, right? Some of them approached him real sly, real slick, trying to, trying to maybe get a fast one on him. This man was called, he was the, they call him the young rich ruler. He was a rich young man. And he was smart. He was a good guy, right? I think I would like him. I think he'd be chill. He seems like it. Verse 17 says, as Jesus started on his way, keep in mind, Jesus is always on the move. We're going to learn about that next week. But his call always comes with the move. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Seems like a humble guy. This is going to be good. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What a good question. Jesus says, Jesus never answering people straight up. That's why I love him. He says, why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. I believe he set him up. He said, you call me good, but there's only one that's good is God. So who, who, what is he calling him? What is he calling him? What is he calling him? God. Do, do, you, do, you, do you bargain with God? Have you ever seen the movie Doctor Strange? Right? When, when he's like... Uh, what's the dude's name? Vantu Vishnu. What is his name? Domanu. I've come to bar- make a bargain, right? Like you're not going to the ki- you're not going to the throne room of grace. Like Jesus, I've come to bargain, you know. And then you just keep doing. You're not doing that with God. So he- Jesus is setting him up. He's like, all right, listen, you're calling me good. Only one is good. That's God. You're going to hear what I have to say. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor. You must honor your father and mother. He says, teacher, teacher, dude, I, 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 I've kept all these since I was young, man. Jesus looked at him and loved him. He loved him. Understand that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He fell. He became dismayed. He, he was depressed. He was sad because he had great wealth. He had great wealth. Great wealth. So this man, Jesus loved him. He looked at him with love and compassion, but he said, you're not chosen. You're not chosen. Man, just imagine that, right? You're, you're saying, Jesus, you're trying to hype yourself up. A lot of you guys probably do that. Jesus, I read my Bible 10 times a day, right? I memorize all the verses. 
Man, I'm, I am so good, Jesus. I don't cuss. I don't curse. I'm a good Christian kid. Right? I'm good, man. I'm good. And Jesus is saying, one thing you lack. And you know that one thing that you lack. And once he said it, you're like, oh, no, Jesus. And he says, you get rid of that, then you can follow me. Right? Now, it wasn't that you guys now have to search and say what you got to figure out. No. What was the point that I made in the beginning? What did the disciples have? What did the disciples have? They had obedience. You see, not everyone has to sell all they have to, to follow Jesus, but what they do is have to have is obedience. There will not be one disobedient person in heaven. You understand that? There will be lots of poor people in heaven, but there will not be one disobedient person in heaven. There will not be one prideful person that tried to bargain like Dr. Strange with God in heaven. I want to let you know that. You can't bargain with the creator of life about how to live your life. There will only be, there will only be obedient people in heaven. Those who heard the call and followed him. If I can have uh, the worship team come up, please, and the altar workers. We see that there's some are chosen, some are not chosen. Some have answered the call, some have rejected the call. Some were prepared to make that follow, others were not. I want to let you know what sums this up. We go to the parable of the wedding banquet, Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables. These are stories that Jesus said in order he said this in order to help people understand spiritual realities. So many people didn't get it. You may not get it in this place. It's, it's okay. For me, at least, not for you. You better pray to get this. Jesus would say these parables. People wouldn't understand. They, they'd be like, what is he talking about? And he would just say, come and see. Follow me. You will begin to learn. That's why we have the one-on-one. But listen, listen closely. Jesus spoke to them again. In parables, saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a great wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I prepared my dinner my oxen and fattened calves, that means he got the lechon, he got the acopuria, he got the chicken, he got the rice, he got the uh, latinga, right? That's, that's my wife's favorite, that's my favorite food that my wife makes, right? He got the nini's empanadas, right? He got everything, he got the dinner, he got it all for you. Just come, everything's ready, everything, everything's prepared, man. Just come, you don't need to even bring anything. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. One went to their school and did their sports team and ignored the call of Jesus. The other went to have a good career. Never gave to God any of his life. Always ignored Jesus' call. Another just treated everything about Jesus with contempt and hated God. Would rather play video games. Rather be with their boyfriend and girlfriend. Rather do anything but follow Jesus. Trampled on the cross, like Hebrew says. So the servants, right? Oh, well, then he said to the servants, the wedding banquet is ready. We got everything here, but the invited people don't deserve to come. You get that? The invited people don't deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So you understand this story. People were invited, and they rejected the invite. People were called, and they rejected, and they refused to answer. 
They refuse to come and see who Jesus is. They refuse to come and see the dinner that was prepared for them. They refuse. They rather live their own life. They rather go to their own field, tend to their own life, and do what they want to do. They don't want to follow Jesus. So who's invited? Anyone that's willing to come. You see, and I want to let you know, in this place, if you don't follow Jesus, we keep going. You're not unique as to say you're the only person made in the image of God that can be saved and follow Jesus. You may have been told your whole life, you're special, you're special, you're a snowflake. You're everything, the world is yours, everything is yours. I want to let you know Jesus is the one that's special. Jesus is the one that's unique, the one and only unique one. It's all about him. And if you don't see the importance of Christ, why should we search the depths of your heart to find some importance in you? Do you understand that? The people that were invited didn't deserve to come. You may have been invited. You may have been preached to. We may have been begging you, follow Jesus, follow Jesus, repent, repent, repent. But you're so stubborn and so hard-hearted in your ways. But you think there's still something you deserve. You deserve nothing. We're going to invite the good and the bad and the ugly. We're going to invite the people that no one talks to. We're going to invite the people that are, are, are not able to get along with other people, the gang members, the drug dealers. We have one youth in here that wouldn't preach to gang members. He wouldn't preach to anybody because they seem too ghetto. He doesn't deserve the gospel. He doesn't. Filthy, disgusting, unfit for the kingdom of God. But this is what happens, right? The guests, the room is filled with guests, those that were good and bad. People that were drug dealers, people that were having sex outside of marriage, people, all types of people, good and bad, all people. When we fish for people, we don't try to like, and I heard this before, we don't, we're not going one by one. We're throwing nets. We're trying to catch all types of people. We're not exclusive. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? Again, he, treat, he greets them friendly. You know, he sees them with love. And the man was speechless. I don't know, right? Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, many are called, but few are chosen. If everyone can stand up, please. You see, you may be invited. You may actually come and see, right? You may come and see. But just like the man who put his hands to the plow and looked back, just like Judas, who was invited, right? And he got to see a lot. Think about Judas. Think about all that he saw. Think about the miracles. He saw Jesus drive out demons. He saw Jesus. Matter of fact, he actually drove out demons, he saw Jesus heal the blind, heal the sick. But when it came to it, he wasn't chosen. He didn't come with his wedding fit. He didn't come right. And a lot of y'all come to Elevate, and we accept you as you are. And that's the truth. This is not the wedding banquet, guys. What I'm talking about is going to happen. And I want to let you know, some of y'all not even going to be able to get in. Some of y'all not even going to have the chance to get in. You didn't even stand a chance. You were invited and you rejected it. Some of you said, oh, I accepted it. But you came unprepared. You were dressed in sin. You were dressed. You had the same lifestyle. You never left the lifestyle you were living. Because those people that were drunkards and prostitutes in their sin, they came. And if they came when it, with their sin still there, trying to have the wedding feast, they were kicked out. Because Jesus calls you, but he calls you to leave your life. 
He calls you to drop your net. He calls you to drop everything that you've been addicted to, everything that you've come to, right? And he calls you to follow him. Follow him. Leave your life and follow him. You may be thinking, bro, that's impossible. That's why I said it's only possible if you've been called. If you've been called, it's possible. If you've been called, it's possible. Christ and his call is what makes it possible. Christ and his call makes it possible. When he calls us, it enables us, it empowers us to follow. When he told the man that was on the mat, get up and walk, that call enabled him to get up and walk. When Jesus calls you, don't worry about whether you can or cannot. Hear the call and follow. If Jesus is calling you to change your life, and you're like, man, but if I do this, people will look at me this way. If I do this, I will never be like this. If I do this, I'll never gain that. Don't worry about all that. You're called to leave all those things you're worrying about anyway. It's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, unfortunately, there are some of you that are not chosen. Because you've heard the call and you've rejected it. You've heard the call, and you've said, all right, Jesus, I'll be back. I'll follow you. You were unprepared. You were undressed. You weren't dressed right. But listen, I want to encourage you. If we can um, all bow our heads and close our, our eyes. This altar call is very simple. Listen, just like Peter, for some of you, he was called. He was chosen. He rejected the call when he denied Jesus three times. But when we look in the Gospels, Jesus came to him, and he had an opportunity to repent, and he had an opportunity to be who God called him to be, a disciple. You may have been a person that you rejected Jesus. You rejected his call. I want to let you know now you can answer the call today. Right now, leave everything at the altar. When we do the altar, this is a place where we believe uh, God will meet you. God can meet you anywhere. When we're here, we pray for you. But then it also represents a symbol. The altar was where things died. Jesus was a walking altar. When you came to Christ, you died so you could live. So when I, we tell you to come up to the altar, understand we're doing it as a representation of answering the call to follow Christ. If you've rejected Christ, that's, your, that's, that's the call for you. Come to him now. Come to him now. Then the second thing is for people that are unfit. Listen, you've been, you've been saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'll get ready. I'll get ready. I'll be prepared. But you've never been prepared. In all these years, in all these times you've been here, in all these moments, you've been unprepared. You've always made an excuse. Jesus is not waiting on your excuses. He's patient, willing that no one would perish, but he's not waiting to hear your excuses. He's waiting for you to drop your net and get prepared, get ready to follow him. Because he's moving. He's going places. And you're stuck in your sin. All eyes closed and all heads bowed. I want everyone that has not accepted the call to follow Christ, I want you up at these altars. I want you up at these altars. If you're unfit, if you're unprepared, if you've been in sin and you've continually been a hypocrite, untrust, unprepared, living in sin, a double life, I want to let you know this is also for you. Because there's going to come a time when you see Christ face to face and he's going to be like, hold up, friend, how'd you get in here? You're dressed like a sinner. I've only allowed saints in this place, only people that are dressed with my blood, that have accepted me. No amount of of trickery, no amount of hypocrisy is going to fool Christ. It's time to get saved. It's time to be a disciple. It's time to stop playing games with your life and stop being a joke. Jesus loves you. He looks at you with love, but he will look at you with love as you walk away from him. Don't be that person. Accept the love of Christ today. As Melanie sings, I want you to come. I want you to come and see what God can do in your life. Not just take a chance. Just give your life.
He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. Who better to trust with your life than him? You could put Romans chapter 10 verse 14 up. I want to make this real plain and simple for you guys before we close out. I want to make this real plain and simple. Continue to sing, please. Hallelujah. God is so good, man. I am so hyped right now. It says, then how, can, how then can they call on the one they have not believed on? How can they believe in the one who they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching them? Get the next couple verses on. You could have gone to Logos. It's okay. Get the next couple verses, please. And it says, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, in the Bible, the call is the word of God. It's the good news. If you've heard the gospel... You've heard the call of Jesus. you got to understand that the gospel is what is the power to save all mankind. You may have said, well, I guess I'm just not called, bro. I guess I'm just not called. No, you've been called by Christ, and the gospel had enough power to save you. The gospel had enough power to save you. And now because of that, you're sent out. You're sent out to also call people. As Christ calls you, now you call people to follow Christ. If you've heard the good news, you've been called. If you've heard the good news, you've been called. There's, there's nothing around it. There's no special like Jesus comes flying in with dust everywhere, uh, just putting pink, pixie dust on you. Ah, now you're saved. This ain't no tooth fairy stuff, man. This is literally, you've heard the gospel. Jesus died, buried, and resurrected, defeated sin. He's alive. Repent, follow him. That's the call. If you are listening, you'd receive it. Everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. Listen, we're going to pray a prayer of dismissal. We love you guys. We love you guys. God is, he loves you. He loves you not just for your sake, really, but for Christ's sake. He loves us. He loves us because not for anything we've done, not because of anything we've done. Listen, understand that the call that Jesus made to us was not because of anything you've done, anything you've changed. It wasn't because of any of that. The gospel came to you because Christ loves you, because he made you, because you're in his image. He's a good God. He deserves our life. He deserves our praise. He deserves sacrifice. And the only sacrifice that he, he requires is a life devoted to him. A life devoted to him. A life that looks like Christ. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that everyone in this place would hear your call and they would answer, Lord. 
God, I pray, Lord, if there are those that are are teeter-tottering, Lord, indecisive, Lord, really don't know if they're going to make a decision, I pray right now you convict their hearts, God, that they will miss you, Lord. Your, your, Your word says to find you when you can be found, to seek you when you can be found. So, Lord, I pray as you are calling them that they would answer. Lord, and I pray for those that have answered the call, Lord, that you would send them out, Lord. That, God, as we move on to the next weeks where we begin to equip and to to empower, Lord, these youth to make disciples, I pray that they would be ready and prepared, Lord. Father, you are the great redeemer. You're the one that calls us out of sin. What glorious grace to be called out of sin, Lord, to be called into life, Lord. I pray that we would not forsake this call. We would not treat this call with neglect, Lord, but I pray that we would glorify you because of it, God. We praise your holy name, Lord. Be with every one of us, God. Remind us of your goodness. Remind us that we can trust in you, Jesus. And it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen.